Hi everyone, welcome to the Understand the Bible podcast. We've had a couple of weeks break. Uh, That was partly unintentional. One week the sermon didn't record um, from a couple of weeks ago. But we're back in the series. This is Luke chapter 12, verses 49 to 59, uh, an Advent series looking at the return of Christ and how we can be ready. And in the sermon today, we are thinking about whether we take Jesus seriously enough and a time to think about ourselves and our own lives, how seriously we take uh, what the Lord says. There has been some more content going on to the Understand the Bible YouTube channel. Uh, I've been doing a series about the return of Christ as well. And the previous sermon actually formed the basis of the uh, of the second video in that series. And that's now available on YouTube. And also this week's was about 2 Peter chapter 3. So do have a little look at that if you'd like to. The uh, links are all down below. And don't forget you can become a Patreon if you would like to. That links, links for that will be in the description as well. Thanks so much everyone. I hope that uh, this sermon is a blessing to you and I hope to see you again soon. Over the last few weeks we've seen a fair bit of um, of disruption in the news with uh, Extinction Rebellion or Insulate Britain. You know they've been blocking roads off and they've been gluing themselves to roads and and all all sorts of things. And uh, the basic message has been uh, they've been doing it because uh, they believe that uh, the government are not taking the issues which they're, they're raising seriously enough. You know, they're saying, look, we need to do these, these extreme things because uh, you're not taking it seriously enough. You're not dealing with this matter as urgently as you should be. I'm not making any comment about whether they're right in that or not. Um, but the, it's, the, it's the thing, isn't it, you know, that when a matter is urgent, then it needs appropriate action. You know, if the house is on fire, you don't go and make yourself a cup of tea, do you? You know, you get the bucket, you get the fire extinguisher, whatever. You know, you need to deal with it urgently. And that's, and that's the thing, that we need, we need to respond rightly when there's an, uh, something urgent. And Jesus' return, as we've been thinking about through this Advent time, Jesus' return is a matter which needs our urgent attention. And it, it should shape how we live in the here and now and that's what we're going to be thinking about that's what Jesus is talking about in this passage how we live now in the light of Jesus's return and so Jesus he um, this this passage has got some great lines in which are, are, are lines that um, have you got those fridge magnets you know which have got bible verses on them you know they usually got we've got one on our fridge which says, um, you know, that the Lord who watches over you will neither slumber nor sleep. You know, Psalm 121, a lovely verse. No one ever puts this verse on a fridge magnet. I've come to bring fire on the earth and how I wish it were already kindled. One of these days I'm going to start a business which prints, prints verses which you don't normally find on fridge magnets. It's all the word of God, isn't it? Um, but um, what does Jesus mean here? And I think what he means, I mean, fire is often used in the Bible to talk about judgment. But I think what Jesus is, is, is getting at is it, it's something which is going to demand a response. You know, it's like if, if someone sets your house on fire, you have to do something about it urgently, don't you? And the fire on the earth, it means you, you have to respond. You have to respond to Jesus. You know, that's the point that Jesus is saying. But before he does, he says... Um, Verse 50, I have a baptism to undergo. So, and he's talking about his death. That's what uh, he, he's referring to. And then verse 51 is another great verse which you don't ever find on a fridge magnet. 
Do you think I came to bring peace on earth? No, I tell you, but division. And he talks about uh, a family divided against each other, um, father against son, son against father, and mother against daughter, and, and so on. So he's come to bring division. Now, what does he mean? Because, you know, if you think about Jesus, we often think, well, Jesus came to bring unity. Um, but the, what he's saying is actually how we respond to Jesus divides families. How we respond to Jesus actually even divides families. That you know the, uh, that little phrase you probably know, um, you know, blood is thicker than water. You know, saying that your family ties are thicker than maybe your friendships perhaps. But actually, I think what Jesus says is that the cross is thicker than blood. You know, that the ties that we have to God and the ties that we have together as a church are thicker than any other ties. Or they should be. This is what uh, Jesus says. It's a parallel passage from uh, Matthew chapter 10, verse 37. He says, anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Jesus demands to be the number one place in our lives. And we need to treat him as the number one in our lives, even if it means causing a division in our family, even to the point of, of being divided son against, uh, son against father, mother against daughter, whatever that may be. Jesus says, no, I must be number one. And this is something which a lot of Christians through the years have, uh, have had to face. Um, I know some of us have just finished the, the Alpha course and um, I was struck, uh, Nicky Gumbel, um, I think fairly early on in the course, he said that he, his father was a secular Jew and he was a lawyer and he wanted Nicky to go into law as well. And when he didn't, when he became a Christian, it caused real tension in the family. And there are other people, I remember um, once some years ago hearing John Stevens, who is the director of a national church organisation called the FIEC, saying at a conference it was the same thing. You know, his family wanted him to go into law, uh, but he became a Christian at university and he went off and, and it really caused um, a rift in the family. But Jesus had to come first. And that's what Jesus is saying here, that he's important enough that even within what we might think of as our closest relationships with our family, that Jesus says, no, I need to come first. And then he goes on to say, uh, to talk about the, the weather, um, proving that, um, well, he wasn't British, but, um, you know, it's nice, isn't it, that, um, you know, Jesus, even, even Jesus talked about the weather uh, sometimes. And he says, uh, when you see a cloud rising in the west, you know, you say it's going to rain. And he says, you can see, you can look out at the weather and you can see what's going to happen. Um, I always think of Michael Fish, actually, about this. Um, poor old Michael Fish. You know, we, we remember him as the man who got the, the, the storm in the late 80s wrong. You know, says so not, not going to be a storm, and there was. Um, we were living in Birmingham at the time, and our roof fell in, I remember. But, um, well, part of it. But um, actually, uh, when he retired, something which one of the other weather forecasters said about him is that he was one of the, the old school of, of forecasters. He wasn't relying on the computers. He wasn't relying on all of the 
you know, the satellite data and so on. But he said he knew he could look at the weather, he could look at what it was, and he could say, it's going to be like this tomorrow, you know, because he, he knew what the weather was going to be. And, you know, that's a skill, isn't it, that we human beings have, have developed. We can tell what, what the weather's going to be, you know, um, red sky at night, you know, red sky in the morning and, and so on. So we can see the signs and we can see what the weather's going to do. And so Jesus says, verse 56, Hypocrites, you know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and the sky. How is it that you don't know how to interpret this present time? So if you can learn to interpret the weather and the, what's happening out there, then you should be able to interpret what's happening now, what's happening before you. You should be able to interpret what's happening in this current time. And Jesus says, now, look, I'm here. I am the unmistakable sign. You know, you think of the passage which we have, um, we often have read, uh, Isaiah 7. And, um, uh, you know, it talks about the Lord himself will give you a sign. And that is, Jesus is the sign. Jesus is the one who says, no, God is doing something in the world. And this is the sign that you need to respond. It's the presence of Jesus that we need to respond to. And the final uh, thing that he, he says, uh, that we look at in this passage... He says, why don't you judge for yourself what is right? He says, can't you see what you need to do? And he, he gives this image, this illustration, saying, as you're going with your adversary to the magistrate, try to, hard to be reconciled on the way. Or you might be dragged off to the judge and thrown into prison and you won't get out till you pay the last penny. So he uses this image of being in debt. You know, if you owe money to someone and your adversary is trying to extract the money that you owe, he says, do everything that you can to be reconciled while you're not in prison. Because if you get into prison, and you know, um, I think in those days, getting into prison because of debt, you wouldn't get out again. And um, you know, it was, there were hard times. And this is what Jesus is saying again. He's saying there's only a short window of time. There's only a short window of opportunity that you have. You've only got a short time and it's that serious that we need to use this time well. We need to use this time uh, to, to be reconciled. And that's the time that, that we're, we're living in right now. You know, a few, um, few weeks ago when they were having the COP26 up in uh, Glasgow, and um, Boris Johnson said, um, and this was in the headlines, he said, it's like we've got one minute to midnight. You remember him saying that? We've got one minute to midnight. Well, that's what Jesus is saying. You know, we've got one minute to midnight. You know, there's not a time for, to fall asleep. It's not a time to, uh, to, to slack off. It's not a time to become complacent. You know, we've got one minute to midnight. We need to act. The situation is urgent. So what does that actually look like in our lives? How do we take the urgency which Jesus is talking about and put that into practice? Well, I think it's as you know, we come up to, to Christmas in this Advent time, I think it's good to be looking at ourselves and asking ourselves the question, are we taking Jesus's message as seriously as we should? And this is why I, I like you know, having this, these sort of regular times to reflect, because I think it's something we should do. I think it's like a spiritual MOT, isn't it? You know, every year we just, you know, think, well, let me think about myself. Am I, am I taking Jesus's message as seriously as I should? 
So a couple of questions that you might like to, to think about. You think about, um, does anyone or anything distract you from taking Jesus' message seriously? You know that phrase, um, bad company corrupts good character. And I think that is true, that, you know, that the Bible does not say that we should only ever socialise with other Christians or only spend time with other Christians. Of course not, because Paul says then you'd have to leave the world. That's impossible, of course. But I do think there are people and people we may be um, you know, aware of in our own lives who maybe um, are less helpful to us spiritually than others. And you know, that I think we know, don't we, that if you intentionally spend time with certain people, um, it can, rather than helping you to run the race, it can hinder you. So who we spend time with, who we choose to spend time with, does actually reflect our priorities. And the second thing is, are we trying to impress other people or are we trying to impress God? Now, are we running the race in order to, so that other people can be impressed by us? And, um, and this is maybe something which is, I think, a particular temptation for younger people who use social media, because it's very easy there, I think, to live a life which is just so that other people can see what you're doing. Um, but it's a temptation for all of us, I think, just to live a life, um, not to please God, but to please others. And this is what Paul says in Romans chapter 14, verse 4. Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To their own master, servants stand or fall. And they will stand, for the Lord is able to make them stand. And uh, I just thought, you know, the, that's a, a great thing to remember, isn't it? To their own master, a servant stands or falls. You know, Christ is our master. And we stand or fall for him. And we must live lives to please him. You know, I'm not trying to please you. As much as, as, much as I, uh, I, I want that to happen, I'm not trying to please you. And, um, you know, I think people-pleasing is a real temptation, actually, that we must, we must ask ourselves, are we trying to please other people or are we trying to please our master? Now, we must love other people, but that's not the same as pleasing them. And sometimes loving people means not pleasing them. And that's a lesson that we need to learn, isn't it? So that's the first thing. Uh, the second thing is, are we, are we confident of being reconciled to God? As Jesus says, it's like we're living in, you know, the illustration of, of being on our way to the court. Now, that's, that's how, how much time we have. And we only have a short time on earth to be reconciled. So do we, are we confident in being reconciled to God? Can we say, yes, I know that the promises that God made of forgiveness apply to me. I know that Jesus' promises apply to me. I know that I'm forgiven. I know that the bread and the wine, the, the body and blood of the Lord Jesus Christ apply to me. Are we confident in that? And the third thing is, the final thing, do we have a concern for other people? Because this is not just a message for us, is it? It's a message for the whole world. And this has been the, the inspiration for evangelism and outreach through the whole um, 2,000 years of the church is this belief that we all one day must face the judgment seat of the Lord Jesus. And it's not just something for us, but it's something for, for others too, for our unbelieving um, friends, family members, neighbours, colleagues, uh, whoever it may be, 
that it's, it's not just something for us, but it's for everyone. So have we grown a bit complacent in, in sharing that gospel message? Now, are we still uh, praying for people? Do we still care? Um, let's not give up. Let's not give up praying and sharing the good news of Jesus Christ, the good news that there is a way to be right with God, to be reconciled to him, that God has given us this time to be reconciled. Let's keep on praying and let's keep on sharing and asking God to help us to see the urgency of the situation and to help other people too. And let's take a moment to pray. Heavenly Father, we uh, thank you for, for this passage and we thank you, Lord, that uh, you have given us this time uh, in order to, to turn to you and seek you. And we pray that you would help each one of us to be able to, uh, to see the urgency of this, the time that we're living in, to be able to see the sign of uh, your giving Jesus Christ to us, especially at this Christmas time. And please help us to live lives in response, um, uh, an appropriate response to, the, to the, the sign that you've given us. And we pray, Lord, that many people through our parish, our contacts, uh, many people, Lord, would see the urgency and would see the need uh, to seek the Lord Jesus, especially over these coming weeks, this Christmas time. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.